Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. We are continuing our week with Noelle C., who is my guest co-host this week. Today, Noelle and I will be discussing relapse, as it's something that happened to both of us. Relapse doesn't have to be part of your recovery, but it is a part of ours, and it's a part of who we've become and how we stay sober right now. Lots of cool things to learn in this episode. If you would like to write us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com, G-O-T-O-Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, and you can also go to radio.rehab on with the show welcome to radio rehab here's your host dana keys Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm joined in studio today by producer Shar and our guest co-host for the week, Noel C. And today we are going to talk about relapsing, which is something that's part of both of our stories. I know uh, I hear people say in meetings a lot like, you know, relapse is not part of recovery, but, you know, it happens to be a part of mine. So totally. And, you know, there's a, I, I go to Refuge Recovery. I'm a mm-hmm. part of that program as well. And then um, there's like this thing in the opening where they talk about like renunciation is a practice. And when you're practicing something, there's like there you might not do it perfect all the time. Right. So, it's yeah, a, it, it, it's a practice to renounce whether you're renouncing drugs or alcohol or, you know, Facebook or binge watching TV or it's a practice to renounce. That's really cool. I've actually never heard that. So it's like. They're saying, you know, like, say, you know, people who quit smoking all the time, because I know I know a lot of people who, like, are like, oh, I can't stand the smell of cigarettes, and then they're smoking the next day. Like, <laughs> but so, it, it, you think, it's like, so practicing quitting, like, quitting often is, like, a thing? Or maybe it's not even often. It's just, like, you know, I my, my practice is to, you know, not, whatever. I'm thinking of process addictions. Like, my practice is not to overeat. Uh-huh. And then you're really good for a while, and then there's a party, and you overeat, and then you have to start your renunciation practice again. And that it's like there's a softness to that rather than like, you know, you have to start all over. Right. Rather than like you have to raise your hand as a newcomer. And, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Which I think I, I actually think that's really good to like to become a newcomer because it implies like clean slate. But there's a little bit of the shaming around it, which right. I, I don't think is very empowering for someone who's struggling with renunciation. Yeah, there there is shame of it. I and mean, luckily, the, the last one I had made me want to stay a newcomer for forever because of the love I received from people. Aww. And I think I always did, you know, yeah. but like I wasn't open to it until for some reason, like this, like very shameful relapse, like opened me up to it. Yeah. You know, to feeling like, oh, you know, and like the way people would treat me. And nobody said like, welcome. They said, welcome home. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. You know, and I that made me feel really good. And and the way that like, and I was able to see for the first time that everybody's rooting for you when you're yes. a newcomer. Nobody's like, oh, really? No. You know, doing a fake sarcastic applause. <laughs> like, they're happy. And I know this because when I see somebody identifies a newcomer, I'm so happy. I'm like, yay. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to them. So excited for yeah. them. Yeah. But so you and I both have experience with how um, the relapse doesn't start when you pick up. Yeah. So you so you were able to identify what your behaviors were. Yeah. Or I mean, I could happening. look at, I could like, there was like a lot, there was stuff I wasn't willing to look at. Like for me, so what happened for me is I... Um, I had a you know a bunch of time, and then I was really close to someone, um, and then th- th- we were like dating, but like very seriously. 
and uh, I was feeling like I needed like a little space from the relationship. And so I was like, I just need a couple weeks to just like clear my head. And in that time that I took a couple weeks, he relapsed and died. <gasps> and wow, yeah, it was completely traumatizing for me. And I had at that time, I think I had five years of recovery. And he he was a newcomer when I met him. He didn't have a year, but yet I started, I was like, oh, I'm going to hang out with this newcomer. And that, like, I see that as, like, one of the, a mistake that I made, you know, like, not recognizing, let him get a year of sobriety under his belt before, right. like, he falls in love with this girl who has, like, so much time, you know, uh-huh. that. And so there was, like, there was, like, this feeling after he passed, after he died, that, like, I was partially, I was responsible in some way. Oh. And I didn't deal with those feelings at all. I was just kind of like, I, w- I listened. People were like, no, it's not your fault. And I was like, like, yeah, okay. Like I nodded and gave it lip service. But in the back of my head and heart, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, right. so like there was that, like never doing like grief counseling around that. Um, and then I, I made all these mistakes in early recovery. Like I did all the things they tell you not to do. They're like, don't move. I'm like, bye. They're like, don't get in a relationship. I'm like, I'm getting in one. You know, they're like, work the steps. I'm like, I'm going to wait two years before I even work the first step. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I had like this whole, so for me, it was like I had these, you know, they were learning experiences in early recovery. But I like, when I look back, I would be like, well, if I had to do it different, this is what I would have done. So there's this feeling of like, you know, these, these feelings of almost like in my head, I was like, well, I kind of like didn't do it right. You know? That yeah. like that like reservation that they talk about. Like I kind of didn't do it right the first time, and then there was like all this guilt and shame and sadness around losing this person. And um, you know they have that whole saying like anything you put before you, you're gonna lose. Yep. And I was doing that. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna work a lot. And I was like working a ton, and I and my meetings were like kind of fading, and my connections to people in recovery were kind of fading. And I was like getting, you know, you get all these great benefits and gifts of being, you know, being sober. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I have like more money and I have like these great new friends I'm making and like all this stuff. But what it was does, it was like pulling me farther and farther away from myself, really. And from like the people, the community, like you were talking about, the people that loved you. Yeah. And so that like if when I really look back, I'm like, ooh, there was like a lot of stuff happening there. Like it wasn't like I can't say it was like some perfect storm where like the plan is just aligned and you used like there was like some stuff building for for quite a while. Yeah, I had a counselor who said that when she was like, nobody walks down the street and gets struck loaded. Yeah. And I was always like, what does that mean? I always thought what she meant was you don't you know, you have to make the decision. It doesn't happen to you. Mm-hmm. But then I realized like, no, it's, it's a whole process. Cause and like what you were saying, you dealt with, I, um, I did a radio show for a, a local radio station and I had a stalker mm. who was obsessed with me. And then the company made, made me file a restraining order against him and it did something to his pride or whatever. He ended up killing himself. He oh, blew his head off. Man. And on some, like on some level, I felt like if it weren't for me, he wouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. Like if it weren't for me, this guy would be alive. And that just sent me into like a total yeah. tailspin. Same with me. I was like, if I wouldn't have dated him when he was so young and I wouldn't have told him I needed this quote space, then. Right. Looking at all the stuff yeah. you did and you could have possibly said right. instead of the fact that that person has their own path. And- yeah. And he was like an enormous amount of pain and didn't have the tools to to manage and cope with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And then there was the whole thing like uh, losing my dad and I started running and didn't deal with that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah, all those things contributed to the relapse that eventually happened. Grief is like a monster. Oh, my God. It's a monster. And it's so scary when you're not ready to deal with Mm -hmm. it. 
It's like when I did deal with it, it felt it was fine. It was yeah. a beautiful process. But it took me 12 years to deal with or not. It took me 11 years yeah. to like confront my father's death to deal with it and to be able to let it go and and process it. And it was a beautiful feeling once it happened. Yeah. But, but yeah, I felt like it was, I guess I had this feeling like it's so big. It's going to completely take over. I'm not going to gonna swallow me. I'm going to yeah. swallow, swallow me. Swallow me. Totally. I know that feeling. Yeah, so it's like, I, and that's the other thing I noticed was, yeah, it's, I started going to less and less meetings, um, and I started copying really convenient resentments. Mm-hmm. I hate that meeting, because that guy, <laughs> you know what, that guy really is a jerk, and I don't think, you know, and I have yeah. all these reasons, and like, oh, I hate that meeting, and this is how these people think, you know, and it's like. Well, I'll tell you, the I stopped going to my home group after he passed, because this was a resentment because I had a former sponsor that when he died, she said to me, I told you so. Oh, my and God. I was like, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to that home group anymore. So I'll just be a floater. So I was like a floater for a few years. Right. Because I was like, I'm not fa- that woman. Like, I really do. Looking back, think that's totally out of line. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, and, <laughs> I agree. You know, it's good that she was a former sponsor, you know, but it was like I was like, I'm done with that meeting. And I still was going to meetings, but I was like, not that one. And that was like my touchstone. Right. And all those people were like my touchstone. Like that. Yeah. That's the one where you go and they know you. They, and they know, know your shit. And they know what's up. Yeah. They know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing that's happening. Like, I, you know, it's like, I hate to, to compare it to this, but it always, every time I think about that, it reminds me of when Eddie Murphy said, suck a dick and relocate. <laughs> Like, that's what it because I know people can like you know because I had somebody once say to me it was a counselor she said she, well she didn't say to me but she's saying to all the girls in her counseling she said you she goes don't fuck your way out of the rooms mm-hmm. because there were a lot of girls who were newcomers and they immediately do the relationship absolutely thing. I did that yeah Hi. yeah and it's like yeah you can easily you can you can make it you could ruin it for yourself yeah. it's like you pull up to a meeting oh well now I can't go because he's here because he's here yeah, my therapist too was she was like, be careful with that. And I was like, whatever gets me in the room, whatever gets right. me in my seat. It's like, yeah. And she was kind of like, oh, yeah. She's like, that's kind of just what, you know, but right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a work in progress. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like the, the way that we choose to, to hear things like whatever gets me in the room. It's like, cause yeah, I remember like after my relapse uh, and I was so humiliated and I didn't, it was like this one meeting that's already huge. And the meeting had shifted from like, you know, cause all most meetings are like in a church. So it was like in like a regular church room to like the what do they call it the sanctuary the chapel part that's huge and everybody's there and everybody's facing you and I was like do I have to say I'm a newcomer and my sponsor my sponsor and my sponsor's sisters were like not if it's gonna keep you from coming mm-hmm. like not if it means wow. you're not gonna come but for some reason so I wasn't gonna do it but for some reason I knew that if I didn't tell everybody. I would be completely safe to go home and drink. Yep. And then I would start using and then it could so just I keep you it. out another day. Yeah. 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 Keep me sick another it's day. It's so kind of them though to to like be able to read you and to know that that could be a potential. I know. That's beautiful. I know. And I don't know whether it was because they related and they had that and mm-hmm. that had happened to them. I mean, I know for my sponsor it wasn't because she related because she got so, she came to the program and stayed. Mm. But I mean, but for her to see inside me that I was that like, I can't do this. Yeah. I was so fragile. Yeah. But then it was like, like I was saying, I received so much love from people when I came back and people saying, you know, people wanted to know what happened, of course, but people were saying like, we missed you. And 
you know, but yeah, because when I told my sponsor about the home group I had and yeah. how I popped that resentment, she goes, if I was your sponsor, I would have told you to get another home group fast. But I didn't. <laughs> I did what you did. Yeah, I floated. Around. Yeah. Here and I there. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then start leaving before the prayer, getting there a little bit after because yep. I'm so sick of the preamble. Yep. You know, like things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And like for me, it was, it was first, it was like a resentment. But for, at first it was the minor surgery mm-hmm. with, with the fentanyl. Where I was, I didn't use anything on my own or do anything on my own yet, but it woke up the dragon. Yeah. And the dragon and wanted to be And mine too. It was like double root canal and I was like taking, you know, and I took these pills and I took them like as prescribed and then not as prescribed. And then I happened across this new friend that I had and, and I was like telling her like, oh, I had to get double root canal. She's like, well, at least you got good drugs. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, t- I took them and, you know, now, now the prescription's almost gone. And she's like, well, if you ever need them, my boyfriend sells them. And I was like, that was it. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like that moment. I, I know moments like that. It's like, did I make that happen? Like, did I manifest, did I manifest that? Because Some- <laughs> sometimes, yeah, it's like, how did that just happen to fall in a place? Yes. And it's like, yeah. yeah. But there were all these like, yeah, there were all these things. It was happening before it was even happening. Right. Yeah, totally. For me, too. Like with the surgery thing, they gave me they gave me Vicodin and being a former heroin addict, I was like, I would even wipe my ass with Vicodin. <laughs> you know what? You're like, that's a Tic Tac. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's crap. But yet I put it in my in my cabinet, you know, behind the vitamins because mm-hmm. I might have a really bad menstrual cramp one day. One day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then that headache that probably wasn't there came one day and then you know of course because i was a heroin addict my tolerance is so high yeah. i chew four of them yeah yeah that our disease is so loud it's just so it's so loud it's always talking and and it's like it's always there like i wrote something about that the other week about how um because i had a um I had to get blood taken and I am like it that's a shame thing for me mm. because I'm so scarred my arms are so scarred you can't find a vein anywhere it took it take literally took 15 pokes you know Yikes. and by the end I'm just feeling like such a piece yeah, of crap dejected right but then finally when they found it I was like oh thank god you know and it I thought it was seemingly over but it wasn't because uh I ended up having a using dream like Three weeks later, and it involved everything that they did to find Whoa. that vein. I was like, wow. So my disease filed that one away for later. Yeah, or your muscles had a memory. Yeah, any, I know. But don't you think, too, that there's something, too? I mean, they're doing, like, these studies on neuroplasticity of the brain and, like, how the meditation can change, like, these practices that we do. You can change your brain chemistry. So, I mean, I know, like, this, this like, idea that, like, you're... You're just doing push-ups while you're, you know, yeah, that like one. that. But I actually, like, I really do think that my, like, I after, like, I've been, you know, doing these practices and I've been, like, doing this and, like, support, like, doing work with others. Like, I feel like the brain chemistry is really shifting. Like, really? I do, yeah, I feel, I don't feel like I go to the places that I used to go at, anymore. I really do feel like there's a, been a significant and profound change in the way that I think. Really? Yes. I don't feel like I'm on the edge. Like at any moment I could, you know, like I really. You don't feel like your disease can sneak up on you. No, I feel it. I mean, I, I'm aware. I'm always aware. Like, what is this? Let me examine the relationship to that. What is this? You know, blah, blah. That must be nice. (laughs) It's, and I I say it with like conviction. Like I really do. And like some people will listen to this and be like, oh, she's in a dangerous place. I'm telling you, I'm reading her face (laughs) and she's not. (laughs) But like I do, I really do think that this that you can change those pathways, and that's amazing. I don't feel like 
like I used to be really fearful because I relapsed and I'd be like, I got to do, you know, me and too. like, you, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still always yeah. like, what if it just, because that's it, this just trying to get me like, it's like the Satan on the shoulder and you know what I mean? Exactly. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't really, I, I actually like, I, I feel like I really know myself and trust myself and I have, like, if I don't, like, I have a mentor that I'll be like, what do you, this is what my thinking path is. What do you think? And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times she'll come back and be like, I agree. I think that, you know, like, whereas in the past I've had that, like, in earlier times in recovery where I'd go to my sponsor and I'd be like, this, bounce it off of them. And they'd, she'd be like, no, that's really, like, warped thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's I not love happening my anymore. That. Yeah. It's not really, ha- I don't know. I just, I do That's believe we amazing. can really profoundly shift. And it's funny because I just, I mean, I have felt some changes and some shifts. I just, because I don't do body work and stuff that I should, I mean, like, I even quit exercising recently, which is really stupid, but <laughs> I like, just, screw that. Yeah, that was lame. No, but I just, <laughs> I just like kind of like got myself back into it because, like, because I did it like a team. I went with producer Shar, like, because nice. neither one of us were going to exercise if we didn't both go to the gym. So, yeah, it was cool. And then I, after I did it, it was one of those things where I'm like, why the hell did I stop exercising? <laughs> I feel like I'm on happy pills I feel right like now. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I've noticed a shift, but, but it's like because I don't do, you know, meditation practice really i mean i I count breaths that's as deep as i can get meditation but because like i don't do it i i word it differently so i am like oh i think i have an inner sponsor voice now yeah run my crazy less by my sponsor less because i feel like i have her telling i have the answer yeah but it i mean that's obviously not she's not really in my head She's somewhere else. So, I mean, that could be my me shifting. And Absolutely. I'm just I, it, it sounds, that's what it sounds like. The wisdom, like your wisdom, your, you know. Yeah. You're, yeah, she's growing in there. And that's the beauty part. Of, that's the beauty part of recovery. Like the longer, because like whenever somebody says, you look so good today. Mm. And I, or, or they're like, you look so happy. And I'm like, nothing happened different. And my mom, because she's proud and because she's a total codependent who needs Al-Anon, <laughs> likes to point out to people who drink that they drink. She goes, it's sobriety. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, it's so obvious what you're doing right now. But then later, I, you know, I'm like, it kind of is. Yeah. It is. Like whatever's coming out of me is the happiness that's coming from like w- the way I'm living my life right now. Yeah. But so so for people who want to learn more about yoga and, and do more more of this stuff can you remind us what your website is again it's noelleclarkyoga.blogspot.com if that doesn't work then go to noelleclarkyoga.com because that should be up really soon cool awesome thank you so much for being on the show uh, we'll so be much. back tomorrow tomorrow's the end of my run show we'll be back with noelle uh if you want to email us it's radio rehab at go to productions.com that's go-to productions.com you can call or text 415-496-9511 on facebook instagram and twitter it's at radio rehab dana and you can also go to radio.rehab keep coming back sex and drugs and rock and roll is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll